This is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 89. Uh, we discuss more on the LAUSD ransomware event. We give our thoughts and ideas related to E-rate and security. We talk about Google Two-Factor, a Chromebook HPG6 issue, and we sing some songs. Kinda. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. I am Josh with me as always. Well, when he decides to show up when he's not playing bass guitar is Chris. Holla! <laughs> and that's why we only want him part-time. And <clears throat> to my left is Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, Holla. <laughs> I've been saying, uh, what's up? Is that early 2000s, late 90s? Where is it at? Yeah, somewhere in there. It wasn't 2000. Well, it might have been 2000s. I'm going to apologize now. I have managed to catch a cold or allergies or COVID again. I'm not quite sure. Oh boy. But I, I am on hot toddy number two because everyone was so late tonight. Um, so that's, if I'm that's my bad, if I'm out of character, blame the toddy. So do we do? I, I have been learning how to play bass guitar. Um, do you guys play any instruments? The uh, no, the spoons. OK, you know, the kind of- <laughs> you you weren't here for the last episode with the guy that has all the bass guitars oh yeah randy i bet randy yeah. he he looked legit like i yeah. bet randy could could thrash like yep. with uh <laughs> what's the guy from guns and roses the guitarist axel axel no 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 no, slash, no, no, no. Slash, slash slash yeah i'm really sorry that was embarrassing that was that was horrible all right so <sighs> off it's to a good a, start <laughs> off to a great start we've we've uh uh offended all of our Guns and Roses fans. Um, no one actually likes Guns and Roses, though. Just the just well in St. Louis. That. In St. Louis, no one likes Guns and Roses. Um, so it's been a week, right, guys? I mean, it's not uh, like we've had pornographic images sent to parents, or um, I mean, what else awful, has happened? Awful, awful week. <laughs> awful week. Mark's second week of school, and he's dealing with porn. What you doing, Mark? Well. So I got a call yesterday from a principal that a teacher, one of her teachers, elementary school teacher, got a really gross thing through Seesaw. She hasn't quite seen it. Not quite sure what it is. I said, all right, if you could have her like, you know, please have her send it to me and I'll take a look and see what we can figure this out. (laughs) And at at this point, Mark's, you know, still skipping down the hall. It's morning. He's got his cup of coffee. No big deal. Good morning. (laughs) And and the principal I'm walking had, on sunshine. <laughs> the principal has not seen the image. I have not seen the image. She's like, I don't know. The nurse is really freaking out. The teacher's <laughs> really, really freaking out. I was like, it's fine. Just send it to me. I've seen everything. Like it's an elementary <laughs> school. Like, what's the worst it could be? And so I know the teachers are in class. So she says an email, like, oh, when you get a chance, send it to Mark and then he can take a look what's going on. Okay, fine. So in the meantime, I was like, I got a few minutes. Let me see if I can figure this seesaw thing out and, and find the image. And meanwhile, I'm in high school. I'm in a room with a bunch of other students. So I positioned myself. I went to a side office, positioned myself so my screen's against the wall, just in case. 
and uh and th- let's paint the picture a little bit more though you told me that there were there were other adults in the room and you warned them hey yeah gonna, yeah yeah so i'm i'm in a high school i'm in a guidance office and i went into a side office with two other guidance counselors and explained like hey this happens from time to time sometimes the kids send gross things to their teachers and just in case i click the link and it opens i just wanted to be in a side room so my you know i'm facing the wall yeah and i found a link i found the email i found the notification i found the link I was like, all right, maybe this goes to the message. I don't quite know how this seesaw thing works. I click it and I just went, yeah. <laughs> and they kind of looked at me I was like, I, I, I found what I'm looking for. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and so at that point, I know there's an email from the principal to the teacher, like send the image to Mark and I'm CC'd. And I get on the phone to the principal, like, do not tell them to send it to me. Just, just no more. Like, don't. It's fine. I've got it. I've got, don't, don't send anything. And, uh, so at that piques her curiosity. (laughs) And so then I kind of go back in the other room. I grab my phone. I looked at my personal phone and there's a a text message from, from you, Josh saying seesaw porn question mark. (laughs) And that was when my life changed. I was like, (laughs) how, what happened? And then I open up Twitter and I see news articles of like school districts shutting down Seesaw. I get on the phone. I get on the chat to my team, like red alert. Something's going really, really bad here. Red alert, red alert, red alert. And then I call the principal to tell her like, don't do anything. Don't move it. And she's like, I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then it was just, it was on from there. And then, so we just, we sent messages out to the staff, like, no seesaw for the today for today we did our best to kind of shut it down from our end um how and... many like it sent to all of your seesaw accounts or no some, so or well what? that was that was the other mystery too of like where did this come from right. how did somebody get into seesaw what happened and so it really we shut things down we saw that the, the notifications were rather low And in the afternoon seesaw sent out a message to all their users explaining what happened so uh, apparently somebody did what's called, I think it was credential surfing or stuffing. credential stuffing. Yeah. Stuff where they just, uh, essentially tried a bunch of different credentials for parent accounts at the same time for various users across <laughs> the board for parents. And when they were able to get into a parent account, they then sent out this link to the, the teachers that were associated with that parent. Okay. So and uh yeah. Let's let's step through that for a second though. Let let's kind of talk about the not the logistics behind that, but kind of the thought process of how that works. So yeah, credential stuffing, you're exactly right. Not the picture, Mark. Geez. No, I mean I'm like, down. well, the thought process um, is clearly somebody in the ages of 15 to 25. <laughs> right. That's it. So credential <laughs> stuffing to me to for this to work against seesaw. Like if I'm the bad guy doing this, I need a list of email addresses that I know are seesaw accounts of parents. Right. Otherwise, I'm it, it's not gonna work, you know, because right. the 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 math on that's just not gonna compute. So there had to be a list of seesaw users come from somewhere. So that's my that's my first question is where where did that list or that curated list come from? Was there an exposure somewhere with Seesaw? Did someone post something on the dark web? I think that's the bigger question at this point is 
you know, not not yes, the credential stuffing thing is bad and it's bad that yeah. this happened. But where did where did that data come from? Um, because I, you know, honestly, I haven't looked, but I don't think Seesaw has had a, like a user list exposed anywhere or anything like that. So when when they sent that email, that credential stuffing email out <clears throat> saying that was the issue, that was the first thing that came to my mind is like, well, okay, but where did the where did the user list come from? Um so I'm it, I'm kind of suspect to their explanation at this point. Well, I I I agree, right? There's something of like you can't just guess email addresses and passwords and miraculously right. make it in for for that volume. But at the same time, when I look at the volume of teachers that this impacted within my district and the volume of overall accounts, there is a possibility that somebody just had a list of credentials for another website like LinkedIn or some other educational website and said, let me see how many parents just reuse their password across different applications. So for me, the ratio yeah. of, of, of teachers that received this or essentially parents accounts that were compromised compared to the overall number, right. It's really, really low for me. Yeah. And they and even so I, said, yeah, in that email, I think the they didn't give a number as to the exposed, excuse me, the exposed accounts, but they said the number was low. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, so, it's, yes. So it, it is possible that this this was I don't want to say shot in the dark, but this was not necessarily a breach on Seesaw side. But, you know, enough of uh, information was gained in order to get into a few accounts uh, within Seesaw. Uh, and then enough enough to cause damage. And so that's that's, you know, Seesaw has not said that there was a breach. They haven't said anything. Uh, so it is very possible that they didn't have any sort of breaches. This was simply just credential stuffing from some other source. Um, kudos to Seesaw. Um, I know that they probably had a really, really bad day yesterday. <laughs> I can't imagine what they went through, um, but they no. sent a very detailed and uh, and and well thought out explanation at the end of the day, which you don't you don't see that level of detail from a company and you also don't see it that quickly. So I, I will give as as angry as people might be with Seesaw, I will give them credit that I think they handled uh, from, from the morning's perspective. They shut it down very, very quickly. Right. They worked with Bitly to to break that link. And then that afternoon before the close of business day, we had an email explanation and, and, and such in our inbox. So um, all in all, it was an, an incident that was open and closed within the same day. So I, I'll give I'll give Seesaw credit. Um, you can always criticize somebody that that never should have happened in the first place. But I think they handled it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I was absent there. I had to request a third hot toddy from our showrunner this evening. Um, so. You know, you talk about shutting down and and failures and stuff like that. Chris, what is a hot toddy? Um, it's supposed to be a a hot drink that includes tea, hot water, honey, and bourbon. I am making my hot toddy minus the tea. So hot it's water, just bourbon. <laughs> no, no, hot water with about a tablespoon and a half of of fresh local honey from my in laws. And then, uh, you know, a couple fingers worth of uh, bourbon. Um, so before okay. you interrupted me, I was getting to a sponsor and now you just killed that whole vibe. Chris, do you know who doesn't have failures and who helps districts, networks 
not shut down. How many points is this worth? Um, I'm going to say 41 and a half. <laughs> that would be Eaton. Lock it in. Ding, 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 ding. Very, very good. Tell us about Eaton. Well, we've been hanging out with them, and this is the last episode that we're hanging out with them. So we're sad to see them go. Maybe they'll be back. Uh, but Eaton, Trip Light by Eaton. Um, has been a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. We're going to put two links into the uh, podcast description, uh, one going to their different classroom solutions. So they also do stuff like um, uh, charging stations, charging carts. Uh, they do displays on mounts and rolling carts. They can do digital signage. Uh, yes, of course, they do surge protectors and power strips. They do UPS battery backups. Uh, cables, uh, racks, all that kind of stuff. And then a second link I'm going to send um, because I think one of their, or for me, a lesser known thing is that they do those dis display mount solutions. I know that when we talk about trip light, we typically think about power only, but they do some other stuff as well. So they can do your uh, TVs and monitors, the walls, uh, all that kind of stuff. They can help you with, with those mounts. So we'll put two links uh, to them uh, there. And thank you to Eaton and trip light. Uh, for hanging out with us over these last six episodes. Yeah, they're they're great people to hang out with. And we have uh, a handful of the trip light uh, monitor stand things on wheels. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they, they work great. They roll really, really well. Um, and, you know, when you, when you have a TV or a, an interactive display, whatever you want to call them, that weighs a couple hundred pounds, those things have to be sturdy as all hell. And they are, they are, they're well worth the money and they do a very, very good job of securing that interactive display so that it's not going to topple over and the casters, the wheels are big enough to make it super easy to roll down the hall, either on tile. We have some carpet in our high school and it rolls across the carpet just fine. Funny story about that. We, our high school had a play and we went to the play and, and they come to a scene and they had that interactive display on the, on the stand from trip light up on the stage i'm like wait there's not a ramp to get up onto that stage and and come to find out they had lifted that damn thing up onto the stage uh, nice. from the from the gym floor yeah i don't know if um, that probably should have been done but they did what play included an interactive whiteboard what was that play called that had was that? it west side story sorry i'm asking our showrunner no it was not west side story it was crazy town crazy town crazy our, sh our showrunner like the, the song lights. No, not song? not like the not like the Ozzy Osbourne song. No, um, there was a interactive whiteboard included in the play. It was part of the TV, the newscast, right? The weather like the stuff. weather report for the newscast. Yeah, our, okay. our showrunner. Uh, that was, uh, you're my <laughs> you're my butterfly, sugar. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's a uh, who? That's who crazy. Did... That's crazy town. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, that's crazy train. Never mind. I need my uh, hot. Hey, in case all, you're, you're keeping score, my my hot toddy has arrived. So bear bear with me while I yeah, take a sip. Also, in case you're keeping score about our uh, depth of knowledge of music and and uh, music history, we're failing miserably today. <laughs> all right, I just tried to sip yeah. this and make really loud noises, and I about killed myself. <laughs> you're my butterfly, sugar baby. I remember that song. Yeah, yeah. What else do we have to talk about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to slurp this. Um, so I'll I'll take this next thing. I got a little hot take that I've been offended with the, for the week. <laughs> um, so you know it, it's no it's no secret that L.A. has had an incident. Um, it happened. We talked about it last week uh, with 
with Randy Rose, who was fantastic to have on. Super yeah, nice I feel guy. like anytime there's someone really important on that, you guys kick me out. No, you just don't show up. Um, you know, that's what happens. So I Randy was great. I, I think he's offered to to have more people on from um, the associated ISACs or CI security. So we're super excited about that. Um, I'm still I'm still asking for Director Easterly from CISA to come on. We'll we'll get there at some point. Um, but we talked about a little bit about LA and their issue last week. Um, I I posted a hot take on Twitter and on LinkedIn. That's gotten I, I won't say a lot of attention, but for for my LinkedIn feed, it's gotten quite a bit of attention. Um, some a news story broke last week that LA had had a internal vulnerability assessment done, I guess, two years ago. And there were findings that came back that had recommendations. That's the point of these types of surveys to be done is they come, you don't, you don't pay for these types of events to have uh, to take place and not get a result. You're going to get a result. That's what you're paying for. There will be recommendations. So there's people taking issue with the, this survey or this, uh, Pen, internal pen test, whatever you want to call it, was done with two years ago with LA and, and that they ne- didn't act on it. And this is, you know, dereliction of duty because they didn't do anything. Um, I, I'm going to take a little devil's advocate stance here and say, maybe they tried to, and, and I have no insider information. Don't please don't read this as, as me saying that I know anything, but just from talking with cohorts in my area about the struggle to roll out key protocols or key protectors like MFA, long passwords, screensaver timeouts, stuff like rotating, uh, rotating passwords. We won't go there, but MFA is a great example. And even in my example, at my district, it, I only could do MFA after we had an incident. And even then I had to push that rollout out over four months. So who's to say that L.A., the leadership at L.A. wasn't trying to do things over the last two years and was running into roadblocks of some sort or gotchas of some sort, be that political, internal political infighting issues with organization, internal organizations? Um, we, We don't know. So to take them to task or to insinuate that there was dereliction of duty is one, it doesn't need to take place right now because right now they're they're main focus should be recovering. Um, it should not need, it, sh- it doesn't need to be running a PR campaign uh, to kind of thwart this silliness that's going on. Um, I kind of took offense to that this week. Guys, what do you think? Well, from what I understand, this is, this is a, uh, an audit or a penetration test. So first off, you should be getting, an audit. You should be getting regular audits. You should be getting regular yeah. penetration tests. We have gone through this. And well, this gets so, back to Seesaw. You know, was that guy was that photo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go there. Uh we didn't even talk about what the photo is, but let's just move on to the next yeah. topic. Don't search it. Um you, you should the LA should not be criticized for going through this because that is something that everybody should be doing. It's a penetration or an audit test. There's also, from what you've described, there's insinuations that maybe they didn't do anything as a result of it. There, that's just speculation, right? And and I think to hand a district an audit and say, here are the problems that we found, 
and then to jump to the conclusion that they didn't do anything about right. it. I think it just seems like, uh, I don't know, conspiracy theories and, and speculation that's just not warranted right now. Yeah. And it, uh, it, what it comes down to is it gets the reads or it gets the views. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Did did L.A. have an audit and a review and they found issues? Sure. And I take that as great. They got their money's worth, right? right. If you're paying for an audit, you're going to you better come up with some sort of findings. Right. Um, and then to jump to any sort of conclusion of what did or did not happen would be would be irresponsible, but in some respects dangerous because those kinds of things, those audits and reviews, if you have those on your district, should be the most confidential document you own. Yep. It should not be made public. It cannot be made public because that is a roadmap to to future issues. Um, and what is or is not fixed also should be just as confidential. Um, so it seems like, you know, there's a lot of people wanting to find blame. Um, one thing that Josh has that we we didn't t- really talk about, it was teased. Randy had teased it last week and it has since come out as com- confirmed is that this was not a guy in the basement as somebody had said online, this was Russia. This was a Russian cyber gang called Vice Society. And they, that is they've a, taken credit to it. They've taken credit. This is an organized, <clears throat> most likely well-funded organization uh, that if they can take down the second largest district in the in the country, or, or at least hit the second largest country, a largest district. Yeah. This is not your, this is not child's play. No. And, and, and I, I still come back to any one of us is vulnerable to something like this because we employ humans. You cannot yeah. patch the humans. That's the weakest link. And yeah, that's what it comes down to. You can have all of this, the physical security safeguards. You can have all of the logical security yeah. safeguards you want. But yeah. the second you hire an, a human to do work, you've yep. got a vulnerability that you cannot address. Right. Yeah. Chris, anything to say? I know that um, I read some of those tweets where there's that big insinuation that they just they knew about it. They said and they did nothing. And that doesn't fit any tech department that I've ever been around. Even even if you go to top of tech department, you pick your CIO, you pick your tech director. Even if that guy sucks, there is no way an entire department decided like, hey, we got a really bad report. We're going to do nothing about it for months and months and months and months. That that breaks every like that's not how a tech department works. Like that's not, yeah. you, you wouldn't have that. Even if leadership was terrible, uh, you, you wouldn't have that take place. There, there, there would be your field technicians that are still imaging computers because they know, they know that that's the right thing to do. And they would be having issues along the way. You would have your network administrators still, uh, you know, locking things down, plugging uh, away at ports and, and updates to make things better. So there's just, it, it, it breaks just using the logic of how a tech department works to make a big jab. Like they, they knew that they knew they were compromised and they did absolutely nothing about it. I just, I don't believe it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I guess my word of warning with this or, or my take on this is if you see someone on Twitter or you see someone on LinkedIn kind of taking LA to task over this saying they should have done better. Or they should have done more. Uh, I there's, you know, I always say there's three sides to every story, you know, your side, my side and what really happened. Um, <laughs> I don't we're not getting and I don't think we'll ever really get L.A.'s side of the story because lawyers are involved. Insurance companies are involved. We won't I don't think we'll really get 
their complete side of the story. And right now, everything you're reading is pure speculation because there had the only thing we know for sure is Vice Society has taken credit for this. That's that's the only thing that that has come out as concrete, if you will. Um, so I don't know. Take it yeah. take it for what it's worth, I guess. Well, so turning towards uh, what what can we learn and, and, you know, what are the things that can be can be improved as a result of this? There there have been some things that have come out this week in regards to E-rates. Yep. And there are some articles around LAUSD pushing or, or others pushing for USAC to actually include uh, cybersecurity in E-rate and allow in that to be an, an allowable expense. Um, that was something I wanted to talk about. But since the initial articles came out, it actually came out that also LAUSD was approved for emergency usage of E-rate uh, for cybersecurity. So that could be a potentially game-changing event uh, for K-12 if now you actually have federal funding or federal reimbursements allowed for for cybersecurity, that starts to open up a whole lot of doors. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think, it, I think the one of the things I, I'd phrase to you is like, you've, you've got the federal government spending billions of dollars. Yes. You might as well. <laughs> it's like handing the, the, the driver's or the keys to a 16 year old and not putting on a seatbelt and not buying uh car insurance. Right? right. So, so these are, I think this is an important step that our federal government needs to take is to, not just provide funding, but provide funding for prote- funding for protection for this. Well, I, I can tell you right now, the first thing I'd buy DDoS protection. I would buy Albert from from MSISAC and CI Security. I would probably upgrade my EDR to the next level. I, I so many things. the The fact that my AV and and definition updates to my firewall are not E-rate eligible, but my yep. the hardware for my firewall is eligible, is complete trash. Yeah. F- FCC, yep. USAC, we know you're listening. Fix this. <laughs> like, firewall, best example ever. Like, I need next-gen firewall. I can get that now because E-rate dollars help me get that. Right. Oh, but I can't afford all the services that go with it. Right. Like, and so now I'm picking and choosing crappier firewall, not as advanced, so right. that I can afford the services with local money. Um, it it puts us in that corner of making compromised decisions on security, which should be one of the biggest things to be investing money into. Right. <clears throat> I, I have an idea. We we have a pretty good idea that the FCC is probably listening to us because there's probably been complaints. Um, <laughs> you you need. FCC, you need to have us in front of Congress, the three of us, and we can testify to the need of cyber being an allowable item on the ESL list list for E-rate. Invite us. We will come. We will we will pay our own airfare. We will come. Surely they can cover the airfare. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I will, I will, if, if the, if FCC is not listening, I will describe what I saw on Seesaw yesterday <laughs> just to get enough complaints and get them to listen. <laughs> I almost said something that was way inappropriate. <laughs> it, it, it seems though like a natural thing anyway. Like 
I mean, common sense. Yeah. E-Ray original whole bit was like, hey, let's help out with telecommunications and blah, 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 blah. Get that established in schools. Okay, they have that. And then they opened up more services. Uh, More things are eligible. It makes sense anyway uh, that that this is what schools are being hit being being hit with. Like, give give us this. Yeah, no, it it it's been one of those weird things, especially since next gen firewalls came out. The fact that they're willing to cover the hardware on that yeah. line item, but they're not yeah. willing to cover the, you know, the support. And it's actually not support because they'll cover support. It's the definition or updates um, that they won't cover. And that it's just dumb. It's really, really dumb. Well, it feels like those that make those decisions don't know what out it's of touch like yeah. in real life. That, no, that's what ab- it's always felt like. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, this is federal, right? And so it takes a lot to change the federal government. And this is not something that happens overnight. And so I do think that we, you know, the, the LA example is something that could possibly be that spark that that starts to make some changes. Uh, but at the same time, I, I want to be realistic about this isn't going to change overnight. It, it, it'll take a miracle no. yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for this to happen. Actually, uh, I before the show, I was doing a little bit of research and, uh, you know, show prep. And um, I read an article that said that <laughs> that Cosin and Mark, I think your secret society pinned a letter like there were like four or five different organizations that had gone together and pinned a letter and were sending it to the FCC. That's a huge step because you have huge districts. Cosin, one of the largest consortiums of schools out there in the country, and they're they're sending this letter showing that they support this idea. Um, do you think it, Midwest Tech Talk? Do we have enough flaunt to do that now? I don't know. I don't know that we do. I think we do. Um, yeah. So yes, we. <laughs> we I'm gonna start writing. I'm gonna start writing it. We are um, behind the scenes. There is a group of of us who are. Uh, it's. Sure. I, I will say, LA is the one who is uh, who is really spearheading this effort. Uh, well, show, sure. us, and, show us the ring again. Yeah. Did. <laughs> <laughs> it changes color like a mood ring. It wasn't that color that way last yeah, week. Yeah, no, that's because LA is mad. Oh, they're in they're in code red. That's yeah. why when one of the yep. the members of the secret society goes into danger, it it changes yeah. colors. That's awesome, Mark. That's we all cool. hold our rings to the sky, and then it like shoots out like Captain Planet, and then we all kind of come together. That's how we awesome. know. That's you a, cool. Anyways, yes, you a, there is do, a. Do you have a robot lion? <laughs> no, no. No, that was um, Voltron. I love Voltron. That wasn't Captain Planet. Um, but Planet we are we lame. are working on a, a joint letter um, to the FCC uh, signed by um, many of our prominent superintendents around the country. That's uh, awesome to really show the FCC and, and USAC that hey, this is this is not uh, a game anymore. Uh, this really needs to be something that at the front of uh, of everybody's mind. Well, um, and I guess really the call to action for our listeners too. your, your state leg or your legislators, your, your representatives, um, senators contact them, tell them to get on the FCC about this. It's a legitimate issue. Um, if you don't know who your representatives are, your senators are, you can go, you can search that, uh, the, the feds have a nice website that you can find your Senator and get their email address. You can call them and, and, and make your, uh, opinion known. I think that's really the only way that this happens is pressure being put on the FCC and USAC. 
And and realistically, it's the FCC, right? Because USAC only implements what the FCC decides. So but, and I'll, I will also say too, what does not help in this situation are unfunded mandates coming right. down from the state or federal governments. And I think that's one of the little bit of you know concerns that I have in the back of my mind is that states are going to start putting in, you must do this, this, or yep. this, and then you have schools absolutely choosing between instructional and security, and that that never should happen. Yeah. Um, you know, these things need to be separated. These these they they need to have separate streams of of funding. Um, so yes, mandates and and standards will help. Um, but funding to make it happen uh is really what makes the pushes the needle in in, in K twelve. And I think the the big threat is the wrong word, <laughs> I think, but the big example that we could see coming that may be an unfunded mandate may be this K twelve cyber law that um you know was signed i think it was last winter the biden administration asked CISA to do this you know background research or whatever finding study and come out with uh, a, a k-12 recommendation for cyber protections if if that goes anywhere and and that has any sort of teeth we could be in that situation mark where it's you know the feds are telling us to do xyz but not giving us any money. It would make a whole hell of a lot of sense for the FCC to step in at that same time and say, hey, guess what? We're now going to, you know, this K-12 cyber law, these recommendations that are coming out from CISA, we're going to fund this stuff for you. It, that would be yeah. perfect, but it it won't happen. Well, and, and I, I'm going to be the negative Nancy here, but, but mandates, me. yeah. Well, you're sure. hot. You're hot toddied up right now. Yeah, I am. These um, are really good. But but mandates without the support, and I'm not saying that support has to be funding. I mean, just saying that mandates without the support really is just passing the buck. Yeah. So that when something happens, the federal government or the the governing agency can say, "Well, we put in this rule right. and they didn't follow it," and uh, and then you end up with you know people criticizing L.A. or criticizing the school district. So. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not asking for the federal government to institute, you know, massive funding streams and, and mandates, but this needs to be an, an, a more of a package deal where you are setting standards and putting in standards and, and, and things that districts can follow as well as the resources and support for us to get there. Chris? I agree. Could you get a firewall company to give all those services for free and they just beef up the cost of the equipment i i think if you got a i won't say shady but i think if you got a creative vendor involved you could you could probably do something like that or but we need the big boys to get creative we need your palo alto to get creative we need your sonic water to get creative a mib service you know if you're if you're pushing that firewall management off onto a vendor and that now qualifies as MIBS. I don't know. Would it work? That's there intriguing are, about MIBS. Yes, for sure. There are organizations that have done this. There's one in um, in Rhode Island that is actually a consortium that provides school districts with internet services, and they bundle in filtering. So huh. they're actually moving category two um, items into category yeah. one and bundling it. So yeah, that 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 is it is happening, um, but it shouldn't be this. No. thing that we're like well let's see if we can get away with it it should no. just be 
Right. It shouldn't be a game. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be a game. And Chris and I know of a of a company here in our area that that does clear pass over a MIBS. It it would be the same idea. It would Mm -hmm. be exactly the same idea. It's intriguing. It is intriguing. I remember way back in the day, three com phone system stuff. (laughs) A phone had switching components in the back of it, just like I mean VoIP phones do today. And uh and I don't want to misspeak on this, but I, I know that you could list a phone and it was pretty much a switch and a switch, a phone was not eligible, but a switch was. So all kinds of, and the e rate caught on to the game that 3Com was playing or that people were playing with 3Com. Like I said, I don't know who, 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 the, who was doing that, but you were running switches through E-Rate, but the actual switch part number was a phone. And that's stupid. Yeah, that's stupid that's that we're doing, that we're getting creative on things to try to do what's for the good of the cause of K-12. And here we are. I mean, it's we're getting into the trenches. of We're, we're, we're trying to fix a problem and be strategic or whatever, yeah. brainstorm, throw throw darts on the wall on how to fix it when something bigger than this needs to be the thing that fixes well, it. Well, and, and when it comes down to it is is all it takes is the flick of a pen from an FCC administrator to right. say, yeah, we're doing this. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah people... So to not want what happened to LA happen, I hope that it's a tipping point for all the rest of us. Yeah. And that's a good book too. Tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, you know, speaking of, of new things and changes, Chris, we've got a new sponsor coming on, right? Yes, we do. Thank you for the, um, thank you for putting it in chat that you were going to put me on the spot. <laughs> so we have Rise Vision, a proud new sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. If you don't know about Rise Vision, we're going to unpack. So so they'll be around with us for six episodes uh, like we've done others in the past. Uh, they do digital signage uh, for your schools. They can be a great software solution and digital signage for your schools. Um, they have over 2,000 schools that use Rise Vision to help with communication stuff, over 10,000 uh, displays out. Um, if you go and check out their website, I'll put it, I'll put it in the podcast uh, description. Uh, when you go with them, they give you all kinds of templates to use, and that's literally going to save you a bunch of time as you're doing your digital display uh, things. So they've been around since 1992. Holy cow. Yeah, so we're going to learn more about Rise Vision. Awesome. We're glad to have him on. Um, hey, so this last week and this week, um, it's dragging out a little bit, uh, but we've been moving. Um, I mentioned it before, but we've been moving to two factor with Google uh, oh, for for our teachers, anyone. So the oh, yeah. so the years past, we'd said if you're a sys admin, like if you get into sys and work with student data, so that was secretaries and counselors, principals, tech, all that kind of people. Uh, this year, we said if you have access to like grade book, access to attendance, access to that kind of student data, you have to go Google two-factor. So SIS was the criteria for Google two-factor. So we rolled that out after like, I don't know, a month of, um, I talked to each campus and I did several email reminders. Uh, I turned that bad boy on, which when you force everybody into it, if they don't have two-factor on, when you put them in it, then they get kicked out. Right. So we, I've been doing several days of rounds of, um, hey, I can't get into my 
email because I they have to, I I didn't pull a report to s- tell me who I'm making them do kind of a walk of shame to me. <laughs> which I don't know if that's right or wrong, but um, they have to do a support ticket to get uh, two factor. I move them out and move them back in, but it's so, been going well. Hmm. Not not to call you out, but how come you didn't take the option that said uh, enforce on future date and put that's what I'm going to do for the for going forward. OK, uh, for all new employees going forward, I'm, that's what will be the thing. Yeah, that I wanted to do a hard I I thought this would be the easy path. Um, And I had to kind of it sucks when you do. It just makes you wish that you did two factor all along because and and for those that don't know, too, I pitched that we should just do all two factor if you have a Google account and I didn't get that approved. So I had to sit there and go through uh, all my employee Google accounts and move them individually. So. like a paraprofessional doesn't have to do two factor, but this teacher does. This paraprofessional is in situations where they have access to uh, taking attendance. So they qualify. So then I move them over. Yes. So it was just, it was a small pain in the butt. So that's why I didn't do that. But I'm going to do those settings in the future. That's, yeah, that that's a lot of work put on you, honestly. Yeah. And then it, it, it opened up like, so I said I did all that and I've been focused on, I, I tried to, I tried to get us watered down like teacher grade book is what I was saying. Um, but then I realized that my elementaries, they do more of a standards based paper kind of deal. Oh. So in their mind, they don't use a grade book. Right. And I was like, well, I mean like student data, like attendance. So then I started saying sure. student data and attendance. Well, then I ended up having some sped teachers that don't take attendance and don't do a grade book. Oh, geez. So they weren't doing two factor because they thought they didn't have to. Because again, I tried to water it down. Just rip the bandaid, Chris. Yeah, just I, I didn't get approval to. It's not. It's it's not your choice. Well, and this is a great example. <laughs> not not to say that Chris's administration is a roadblock, but but this Kinda. is a great this <laughs> this is a great example of the behind the scenes politicalness of making these changes that we don't know why L.A. hasn't. And maybe they have addressed things, but but this is the type of conversation that we right. don't know right. what's going on behind closed doors. And, well, and we have go ahead. I was going to say, and to even say it is um, the middle of September. This decision that I just implemented was made in May, and wow. I'm just now getting to do it because of how things progress. Like we weren't going to do it over summer. So, like you think about L.A. Uh, and and the the that it probably takes them longer to go through things to get things approved on the scale uh, compared to me. It could take a while. Well, and even it, even take a while just to implement. Maybe they were implementing things. It's still right. it's still going to take a while. But I'll add to it's not just the decision and approval. It is the support. Sure. Right. Because you roll out two step verification. Probably every day, someone's going to say, oh, I forgot my phone. Yep. Yeah. And then you've got to drop everything you can do, everything to get that person into their into their account, right? With a backup code. Or well, it is. as long as you don't subscribe to the Pate method of, of management, Pate would say, well, go home and get your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I it, have it. it what do you guys do on that? So, Mark, you would say that you pull a backup code. Yeah. Josh, yeah. what would you do? I. It, I what, think it what would do be, you do? 
it would it would be a conversation um oh no we, i don't have time for that we well <laughs> i like end talking. of conversation um <laughs> we we would probably pull a backup code honestly just to get them in but the problem is chromebooks require 2fa every time you log in so if they're on a desktop no big deal if they're on a chromebook big deal um right. or chromebox it's a big deal so you know mm. if it's a teacher that uses a desktop 99% of the time and they've already to a fade and they're in that kind of cash zone, they're not going to have a problem if they forget their phone at home. It's the user that only uses a Chromebook Chromebox and gets prompted for MFA every time. I was going to say, and not the, I don't want to unpack it too much, but I food, my food service people. Um, and we have, we have them on Chromeboxes. It's a really big deal to go to factor. Like you've, you've picked, you've picked, on some people that aren't always the most comfortable getting logged into things that have their own struggles or whatever right. you want to say with tech savviness or whatever. And then you've introduced this two factor thing that's rocking their world. And like, that's the decision. That's the decision that needs to be made. Uh, but you're doing it. So I guess to jump back into LA stuff, like that's what you're doing. You're thinking about the whole, the whole plan and, and to get it completely pushed out. And that we're just talking about two factor in my case, right? Uh, not we're compromised just- network and computer and stuff. We're also just talking about staff, right? <laughs> right, right. I, I the the number of insurance companies that are now are asking for two step on on student accounts ridiculous. Well, fu- and I I get it though, right? Because what they're trying to prevent though is a compromised domain account. But the what rights does a student account have on the domain? They could send pornographic images to everyone. Nah, uh, to a degree. Yeah. But we don't allow our students to email or receive outside the domain. So I, at- I will. Yeah, I'll tell you when I when I when my mind started to change, when we had a vendor reach out to us and say, hey, I got this email with a purchase order. It seems kind of a little bit strange. Can oh. We talk about it. And it was a compromised student account that was used to send a vendor right. a fake purchase order. Don't allow them to send outside mail. There's we a solution. We argued. We argued about this, Josh, because you, you're not letting high school kids contact colleges, and I think that's you're I being a roadblock should... to kids being successful in their lives. No, <laughs> they should. They, they're over the age of 13. They can they can open up their own personal Gmail account, and realistically, that should be done through their personal I hear account you. anyway. Because yeah. when they graduate, yeah. that school account goes away. That's right, and then they're going to use that personal device on your network. No, no. I said personal no. account, Mark. Right. Personal right. account. I get it. Yeah, we and, see and, where you stand. And really, that wasn't my decision. That was the administration. <laughs> that was a decision of the administration in the high school. That I agree with that decision, <laughs> um, but it, that that was not my call. I mean, they they say I'm a roadblock, and I think there's memes of me on a Segway as a roadblock. There is um, on Discord, yeah, yeah. We'll have to send that to you, Mark. You'll you'll get a kick out of it. I I rode a Segway <laughs> one time in Branson, and that picture made its way around, and a friend of ours took it and put roadblocks behind it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Chromebooks, were we talking about Chromebooks? I said Chromebox. Okay. Uh, so I have a really, really weird problem with my HP G6 and G8s. So Chrome OS 105 was released to the wild, I think on Tuesday, 
what is today, Thursday. It was released to the wild on Tuesday. I approved it on Wednesday because we were, we've been having some weird lockup problems with 104, some weird wireless problems with 104. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe 105 will fix it. Um, my Dells are taking 105 without a problem. And actually, it seems to be addressing the lockup problems right now that we're early in this. So I'm, my fingers are still crossed. Nice. Um, but my HP G6s and G8s refuse to see that 105 is available. They're on 104 and they're like, you click check for update. And they're like, no, bro, I'm good. I, I don't got no update. Um, <laughs> I sent an email out to our distribution. You've list. had too much hot toddy tonight. No, I've, I've got like, man, I've got a lot left. I've never uh, heard another you... one. Get him another one. <laughs> I've never heard you say bro before. <laughs> so in uh, reference I... to Chromebooks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And like they're like we're having a conversation. No, bro. It's very I'm, technical. I'm like, good. I'm with you. Um, so I sent out an email to the statewide distribution list and said, Hey, I'm seeing this. Anybody else seeing it? And I had like two or three other schools reply and say, Yeah. We're seeing the same thing. The, the yeah, G6, bro, we see it too. <laughs> the G6, <laughs> the G6s and the G8s are not updating, but the G9s are updating. Um, I don't know the what's G-Units? going The G, G G-Unit? G-Unit? <laughs> uh, I'm not real sure what's going on. Um, we do have the G6s are the AMD model, so they expire in 2026. They're So they're still good. I verified the OU that they're in or receiving, you know, the setting for 105 is is that setting. Um, I'm we're stumped. And then I had I one of my texts, one of them, uh, our high school librarian who's a rock star, she created a recovery USB, thinking, okay, we'll create the recovery disc or the recovery stick and re-image it, and then it'll have 105. No, it had 103. It didn't even have 104, it had 103. So I do not know what is going on with HP and the 105 update. So that's why I picked Lenovo. Oh, screw. Who's not sponsored and might probably, not. I will. As done, we've. we've no, I will Lenovo boycott here. those episodes. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. I will. Uh, you Maybe think, that's me and Mark's plan. You think Hot Toddy Josh is something? Wait till Lenovo Josh shows up. Oh, this. This is going to be awkward when we tell you that Chris and I just partnered with Lenovo <laughs> and Quizlet. And we Quizlet. Decide and Quizlet. Yeah. yeah. Quizlet I still see- think we might get Quizlet. Quizlet Seesaw and, and Lenovo. This Lenovo sponsors. will work for 20 minutes and then you've got to pay $19.99 to continue <laughs> working. Yeah. And then they shut down and won't reboot and won't charge. Um, any- so angry still. <laughs> I need hang and on. it was a screw, right? It was a little too no, much tension it, it on was the system the board. Uh, some of the system board was delaminating, and the the circuits were uh, it, it was a mess. But whatever, the circuits hey, were like, bro, yeah, <laughs> hey, bro, I, I'm not good. <laughs> hang on, I need a drink. I want to hear the gulp. That <laughs> pause is brought to you by hot toddies. <laughs> hot toddy dot Josh. JoshToddy.com. Um, Josh Josh Toddy? Josh Toddy. That sounds right. Yeah, it does. Let's register that domain. Um, hey, we got we do have news. We have we news. We do have news. I've been trying not to forget about it. Hopefully it's the same what, thing I'm thinking of. What are the dates? Uh 
sometime next month. Here we go. I got it. I got it. Um, the K-12 Tech Talk podcast um, is very excited to be attending the Mornat Conference in October. The dates are October. So it goes the 17th to the 20th. So we're doing the 19th and 20th, but I the believe. Teachers, the teachers are the 17th. Yeah, we said we don't want to hang out with the teachers. But Chris, legit- Chris, did, Chris did legit say that. He's like, yeah, we we don't want to hang with the teachers. Yeah, Morna asked if he wanted to be down there for the teachers, and we said no. But Mark is not going to be there. So far, he's not, unless he just shows up. Mark? Ooh, let, I hey. should get a... What are those called? Those fat heads? Yeah, fat head of Mark. Oh, that'd be that'd awesome. be hilarious. The, the, yeah, the buffalo. Mark, let's oh, make no. a deal, Mark. If you if you come to Mornet, one, I will take you to hella parties. <laughs> two, <laughs> this, thing, this thing. Two, what I'll, hella parties do you have lined up? First off, oh, you've never been. There's no party like a Mornet party because a Mornet party don't stop. Okay. Well, uh, right. no PDS are one of our sponsors. They they throw legit parties. They do. Uh, they do. I'll Mark, if you come, I'll take you on my boat. And not oh. everybody gets that invite. Chris has not been on my boat. I've not been on the boat. No. It's not a sailboat. It's not like that schooner or whatever you were buying. No. Hey, who has the nicer boat? I wonder. It depends on what you want. If you if you what you want which. Which one really, really we want? Really want? This is, I didn't. This is the musical. We should do a musical episode. Is what no, we should do. No, I hate musicals. Um, if you want peaceful, wind-driven boat rides, go with Mark. If you want motorboating, go with me. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> so we're gonna be at the Mornet Conference, October nineteenth and twentieth. We have an area. We're going to record uh, an episode down there. So if you listen to this thing and you're attending the Mornet Conference, we want you to come. We want you to hang out with us. Uh, we have purchased brand spanking new podcast equipment, and it's for three. Well, it's, and if Mark's not showing up, that means we got a seat. It's microphones. And a mixer. Yeah. And, I, and we bought one of those legit uh, backdrops. Yeah. things so you can take a selfie with our backdrop yeah and i just emailed myself to not forget about this mark on a buffalo fathead thing I'm i think that's it. a brilliant idea so you can get your picture taken with mark yeah i on i think buffalo. we just we could just have mark's head can i have a say in this <laughs> no no not really <laughs> you're in boston <laughs> what are you gonna do if, if you want us to stop you fly yeah yeah <laughs> So what you're saying is you're going to ridicule me. It's like an extortion thing. Thousand yeah. thousand miles away, and I have to spend hundreds of dollars. It's to probably it's probably like more like thirteen hundred miles, but whatever. Yeah, we want you to come to the Missouri conference. That has nothing to do with Massachusetts. And if you don't, you're gonna be on a buffalo on a fathead. And you could get a boat ride. <sighs> I'm really trying to save my relationship with all of the people in Missouri. And it's not working out right right now. I would almost rather him come maybe the July stuff or the March stuff. I agree. Because we throw a hell of a party to you. We th- we- no offense, PDS. Well, actually, they throw that party. They sponsor that party. They throw one. Yeah. Yeah. They throw a summer party, too. They throw a hell of a party. And actually, that party's better. But we like Mornet, and we love Mornet, and we yes. love that Mornet's having right. us come as the pod. But 
I stand by my statement that Mornet party don't stop. So Mornet's going to throw down in October. And when they party, they become net more. Yeah. We've seen net more several times. <laughs> if you're not in Missouri, you don't get it, but it's you. It's okay. If you know, you know. All right. Any gentlemen, <laughs> I, I hang on. He's drinking more. I'm more of a, <sighs> we need- oh, what's that? What's the tea? Chai tea latte. Yeah, it's okay. Hits me good. Uh, any closing thoughts? Any seesaw thoughts? I'm, I'm sure Mark has seesaw thoughts. It'll be in his nightmares for years. Uh, nightmares. nightmares. LA, any thoughts on LA or my Chromebook issue or the FCC and E-Rate? Let's wrap this up. I just, the LA thing, I mean, I think it hits close to home for no matter what size of a tech department you are because they're going through a scenario that you wish you never have to go through. Right. So I feel like you guys unpacked it last episode, but we feel for LA. We hope that they're uh, sleeping well at night. I'm sure it's one of those deals where there's just constant. I don't finish the day accomplishing as much as I would like. Yeah. Uh, It's a battle of a thing. Um, I hope that there's at some point takeaways that we can look at and see that we can use that as what we can do better with. Um, but we're with them. We're with you, LA. Yeah. If LA, if you listen to this, this is a safe space. We, we will welcome you with open arms. Even if Mark with arms wide open, (laughs) (laughs) we, we can, we can, we will open, we will open our arms and embrace you on this podcast. If you want to come on. And Josh's arms are actually open right now. Yes. Widely. I, I, yeah, bear hugs, what? man. Bear Why hugs. is it safe for them, but not me? We like you, Mark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The more we like you, the more we ridicule you. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Any closing thoughts, Mark? No, no. I'm just really glad that uh, LA can recover and, uh, yes. and Seesaw can, can also recover from there. <laughs> I blocked Seesaw, by the way. Yeah, we did too. I had to back up. Um, you know, so that's something that we really haven't mentioned about LA and, and we're way over. Um, but their recovery out of this, from what I understand, has been fantastic. Like it happened over the weekend, Labor Day weekend, Tuesday, they had some services that were down. They were resetting passwords from from what I understand by midweek, late week, they were coming back up and operational. Sweet. Um, so kudos to them because I I mean, I, I would be happy if, if, if I was in those, their shoes and had that same scenario and was up that quick is three hot toddies in and Josh goes right back to like 40 minutes ago in the episode. Oh, hush up. What's, what's your closing song? Uh, closing time. Oh, good one. I was, but I'll go with closing time. We got to cut that. (laughs) That's got to be cut out. (laughs) That is definitely being cut out of the episode. I think we can all agree that that's, yeah. You gotta beep it. You gotta beep it or something. <laughs> Figure it out. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you listen again. Probably not. Uh, FCC. We know you're listening. Uh, that got him listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.